and welcome to the Kilo Chasers Raw Cut Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Dahl, here with Matt Ware, my co-host. What's up, What's up doing, everybody? Sir? Doing well, doing well. Right, Just living life, you know, enjoying this weather. It's freaking hot out. Yeah. yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, evaluating yourself, um, taking time for yourself, not being ashamed of it, and realizing uh, a little self-help, a little self reflection is good um the importance of doing uh post-mortems or you know uh post-competition post-training reflection so uh listen up it's going to be a good episode All right, man. So uh, training last night was lit. You had a PR front squat, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. You know, it, it's weird because I watched the video and I think this happens a lot with a lot of people, but I watched the video and I'm like, that looked way too easy because it didn't feel that easy. It, it, it always, it always looks faster than it feels like. I don't know how many times like I'm hitting like 80 to 90 percent and it just it feels like it's taking forever, but then you go back and look at the video and it's like, oh, okay, I definitely had more in the tank. Right. You're like, why didn't I put another five kilos on that bar? But I know, that was my first thing. As soon as I saw your video, because I had to go get Delaney, Yeah, I saw the video. I was like, oh, you had 70. You had yeah. 70. Yeah. Which, which you know, is neither here nor there. You know, I wanted to make sure. My thing is that I have a goal, you know, to, to clean 150. I want to at least hit 15 kilos over that mm-hmm. pretty consistently in the yeah. front squat. And, yeah. uh, we'll see where that goes. See where that takes me. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about that. And cause that's my end of the year goal. Obviously you're shooting for it by, um, October, yeah. October 1st. Yeah. Um, but the old adage is you should be able to clean what you can hit in the uh, your front squat for a triple, you should be able to clean it. I like that. Yeah, I don't think I've and heard then, that one. That was good. Yeah, and then obviously, if you can clean it, you should be able to jerk it. Yes, theoretically, in most cases. In most cases <laughs> yeah. I but, have had that opportunity where I did not jerk it, but all of us have. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, I think anymore. Once you get to a certain level, if you're doing all your training correctly and your programming is on point, mm-hmm. um, and obviously everything else that goes along with that, your food, your sleep, your blah, 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 blah. Um, as long as you, as long as you don't black out <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like as yeah. long as you're not so winded or depleted or anything like that, you should, right. there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to jerk what you've cleaned unless it's just like a freak like holy shit i just cleaned this thing it's the biggest clean of my life and i'm i struggled to stand it up like yeah that's i'm more talking about in a competition situation where it's a clean you're not going for a pr clean right because it's it's a right it's just like a deadlift right or do it or doing heavy pulls like if you know that you don't have to get it overhead, you pull it off the ground completely differently. And it's the same wow. thing with the clean and jerk. If you know you don't have to jerk it, you're going to put everything you got into that clean. 
Yeah, you break, you, you know, when you're doing the jerk, you're, you're what? I don't even know. This could be a completely whack percentage base, but like 60% is going into your clean, 30% is into your jerk, you know? And uh, that, and that, that aspect or that thought has actually gotten in my head before where I put everything into the clean, even though I knew I had to, I, I had to jerk it. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. And I didn't get the jerk, but I think understanding those, like those percentages and what, you know, going intensity and, um, adrenaline can only take you so far. Yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, absolutely. I mean, I, and controlling that intensity and adrenaline, like that's the biggest thing. I mean, it, it got me the last time we, we competed at your house. Um, yeah. that one thirty, absolutely. Like I put everything into that clean. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I put a hundred percent of everything I had into that clean and it wasn't like, it wasn't a hard clean. Like it, it right. stood up pretty good. Like it definitely wasn't the hardest one thirty it ever felt, you right. know? Right. Um, but I absolutely had zero left for a jerk. Like there was right. nothing left. Yeah. Um, it, it, I'm sure the strength was there, like in all, like all things considered, but mm -hmm. my mental, my mental game, my just, I was completely spent. I had nothing, yeah. nothing left. Well, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, with masters nationals, I went out there and hit the 140 clean, but missed the jerk. Right. Yeah. But then the very next weekend I work out mm -hmm. with you and Donald and I hit mm -hmm. the 140 clean and jerk. Yep. So, you know, and it, it was, it looked easier. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and so it, that it, it really invokes that thought into like, you know, how much as weightlifters we use this, uh, this adrenaline, right. This adrenaline that we get, uh, from competing. But like, I think where you start to become a, an elite weightlifter is where you can use that adrenaline efficiently mm -hmm. and not just go out there with some raw emotion and just, you know, throw throw some weight around, but taking that adrenaline and using it properly. And so it doesn't, uh, make you forget that you still have to jerk it. Mm -hmm. No, that's absolutely true. Um, I think a lot of the old, I'm not going to say old school because it's not that long ago, but, um, I'm going to say the boom days lifters, um, yeah. you know, Max, Donnie, John, um, uh, who else? Um, Spencer, Caleb, yeah. Caleb a lot of those guys, they don't train or they didn't train with music often. Right. You know, um, they certainly did. They, but I think they, they've talked about it and they, they used it appropriately. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you're just going, if you need music to drive your daily training or your daily workouts, mm -hmm. um, or your daily practice, like you need to get something right in your head. Like the fact that what I, one thing I like about what's ended up happening in the studio, that's what I'm calling the, the my my garage is the studio from now on. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that works. Work. Uh, uh, so what's ended up happening is the music doesn't get turned on. I know. Like, I, like I don't it. know. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like I try to oh, turn yeah. it on every once in a while, but then the stupid Bluetooth thing dies and it's just <laughs> <laughs> like, it never works yeah. out. Totally. Um, plus we end up bullshitting about the, the podcast or the meet or the, the right. camp or, um, but 
it's just it's so much more focusing mm-hmm. um and yeah i i might go to the salts a little sooner than i might need to but i i like it so i'm going to yeah Yeah. Uh, but still like it's it's i we don't utilize music when we're here to lift big weight and it still happens and our training is still just as intense absolutely Um, you know john john wrote in his book about the green monster i think and it took me a long time to fully understand that and like Going off of a conversation I just had with Brendan Saltvik um, earlier this week, that's uh, it's going to drop tomorrow, um, tomorrow Friday. I have to, I have to fine tune the the editing on it's it's not coming in very clear, but anyhow, right. right. Uh, we talked about Jordan Peterson and another guy, and how they talk about taming the beast and not necessarily taming it, but learning how to use it. Yeah. It's just as just as how John talks about beating down that green monster that's that's inside of you and for your training and not using it because that that energy that that beast is in your soul wanting to get out and it's so easy to rely on that adrenaline on that boost Mm -hmm. that's that's buried deep inside you those skeletons as john likes to say you know it's easy to draw upon those in order to make lifts and training but if you use that all the time it's not going to be as useful when you're on the platform in front yeah. of you know 50 100 500 people you know it oh yeah and it, I, I think it's also thing. individual it's in it's based it's individually based you yeah. know some people you know like john he, he he talks about his persona that he he's created or this different personality right yeah there's, um, there's john and then there's john north yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, you know, I see like when you and I are lifting and I've seen this in the GWL, you know, you, you definitely go to a different place. Um, you're still, you know, Eric, you're still lifting, you know, weights like we always do, but you go to a different place. Uh, for me, I have found that if I'm not having fun, I'm going to lift like shit. Mm-hmm. And that's all there is to it. Like if I'm yeah. not having fun, then I'm not confident. And then it's just downhill from there. Yeah. Um, but it took me forever to figure that out. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm still learning about it, but, um, I think each as an individuals, we have those, uh, go-tos yep. per se. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kyle Lee, he, uh, he taught me a lot in the mental game and how to, how to access it and what, what to access and and when and how and how to build that little box that never gets opened right that Mm -hmm. little black box in your brain that that just has everything in it that'll ignite the biggest fire in your soul possible right and it changes right um it certainly you know when we were still training at club sport my go-to was this moment and it was actually I was driving to Club Sport, and I I was uh, Delaney was in the in the Jeep with me, and this is a long time ago, um, and I can't remember what happened, but she just was elated about something and just started giggling, right, hmm. right, and right. I had that, 
And then at the same time, she was learning how to swim. And so when Kyle, at that same point in time, Kyle was taught, we were having the conversations about how to figure out that mental, that mental, um, spark. Right. Right. right, And he basically said, you got to find something that is basically like you're hanging onto it so tightly that if you let go, your entire world will come crashing down. And yeah. that strength of that, that spark of that, that adrenaline of holding onto that. So mm-hmm. in my brain, I was like, okay, so I'm going to have that happiness from Delaney laughing along with the fear of her drowning uh-huh. and me trying to save her. And dude, that like, that worked for a long time, like probably yeah. a year and a half, two years. Like I could go to that, like that. And it was fucking on. Nice. Nice. And, and then kind of the same thing happened that happened at the GWL. Like I, I had a moment where I was like, I cannot think about that anymore. I was interesting. Like, you know, yeah. like it wasn't, it wasn't that it was like, it wasn't working. It was, I think it was having an adverse effect long-term wise. Yeah. Like I didn't like the more, every time I used it, it was like I had after, after effects, like, I'd have like recurring thoughts about that moment and like it would it would just fuck with me a little bit. Oh, it's and, crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> so like I changed it um to another moment in 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 my life that's like was a a blacked out just a black spot like a a, a time travel spot in my mm-hmm. memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the longest time I couldn't remember it. And then I started thinking about that day and I could remember a lot of the day. And then I just finally, like it finally came around and, um, it, I, I only think about that. I've only used it maybe five times in the last two years and it is so ungodly intense that, like I said, like this, this moment in time, I'll, I'll tell you about it off air, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this moment in time in my life is a reason is the reason why, uh, why I was who I was for a long time. And I right. mean, it, it's obviously it's, it has, it's a big chunk of why I am who I am today, but like I basically forgot or blacked out the memory of almost my entire senior year and like the entire year after graduation. Right. So it was just this huge swath of time that just didn't exist. Crazy. And yeah. so, and so I've been able to kind of wash through all that and, 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 and work through it. But now I've, been, now I've been able to utilize it <clears throat> on the platform. Um, but it definitely, I mean, like you guys saw, it took a toll and it, it does every time, but it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's not something that, that I like to think about. Yeah, but, that's that's interesting. But it, but it definitely is when you think about that green monster, that dragon, that 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 you know soul-inspiring thing, it definitely freaking lights that fire. Yeah. And nothing you else know, that I've thought of does it like that. It's interesting cuz that that's a really um good way, much better way than I articulated earlier because I said elite and I think I want to change that to as you mature as an adult um you learn how to use the 
traumas and emotions that you dealt with as a, a young adult and didn't maybe, maybe didn't know how to use those emotions in an mm-hmm. effective way. Yeah. And so, and I, I've dealt with that in the same sense in different aspects of life where I've learned how to use those traumas in learning moments and ways to uh, parent my kids and, and just understanding that, yes, it sucked. And yes, there was a dark place there, but there's a reason why I went through that. And now I can take that emotion and that time in life and use it towards something good, mm-hmm. which, you know, and... and I don't get into philosophy or, or religion too much, but um, I, I really truly believe that, you know, things in life happen for a reason and not yeah. saying that you went through that dark time so you could be a better weightlifter, but um, you as an adult are, are much more matured and, and smarter. Now you're taking that and saying, you know what, that tore me down, then I'm going to make it and I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it back in a positive way. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's super interesting and it's it's really inspiring to be able to, like you said, grow to the point where you can look back on a moment in time in your life that you thought was the worst. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my mom, my mom, I swear, she is the queen of timing. <laughs> Aren't Dude, they all? <laughs> yeah. We're we're in Mexico and she was like, I told you so. Right. And we're all hanging out at the pool and Sarah and I are just being, you know, a young couple. And right. this is a couple of weeks ago. We were, we were acting like freaking newlyweds. It was it was it was funny. We were yeah. just flirting. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my mom's like, I told you so. As Sarah's like walking away, going to get her drink or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, and she and Sarah heard her. And I was like, what? She's like, I told you she was the one. And I was <laughs> like, God. And then she like, she goes into this, she like reminisces back to when, uh, when I went through my divorce and I had, this is leading into your, how you said you learn how to look back on something that you thought was the worst time of your life and realize that it really was a constructive time. Yeah. Um, and I had told her, she was like, she told me that it's okay. There's more fish in the sea, blah, blah, blah. You'll find the one. I'm, I said, what did I say? I said, I thought I had. And she said, what'd she say? She said something like the, you found, you found the one for now, but not, not for always or forever or something like that. And like, it was, you know, it was way more prophetic at the (laughs) time, you know, totally. totally. And she remembers it like it was yesterday. And I, I don't another time in my life that I just chose not to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back on that entire relationship, just like looking back on that time after senior year, like I can look at that and look at what happened, look and look at the damage that happened and that was caused and, and the fallout, just like my, my former marriage and like, yes, my ex-wife did things that were terrible and and but i was certainly not without sin and um to be able to look back and realize that yeah it sucks to be to go through a divorce Mm -hmm. it sucks to have felt like at the time i wasted you know six and a half years of my life with a person and then i look back it's like you know what that time i learned so much about myself 
looking back like at the at the in the time like who cares like in the moment but looking back like that that time prepared me for who i am now just like that that day after high school prepared me to deal with things properly in a, in an emergency situation and how to, how to um just kind of block out the emotion and block out the the uh hysterical thoughts and feelings yeah. and just lock in on tap be task driven and this is what fucking has to be done every like there's you can't change the thing that just happened correct right yeah 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 and, and you know i was fortunate enough i kind of changing gears here i was fortunate enough when i was you know early teens late like between seven eight nine ten years old my my uncle was a firefighter and he did all the training for the for uh Cowlitz 2 fire district and he would have us boys go in and because they would do mock drills mm-hmm. at like schools and stuff awesome. because and yeah basically what they would do is they'd have us go in and they'd have like strobes set up and stuff right and they'd block it black out the entire school but before that, they'd have us go into these classrooms and just like lay down, pick a spot and lay down like a passed out kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we did that. I don't know. Shit. Like probably 10 times in a couple of years. Awesome. That's and awesome. Being around those people, those individuals who are so task driven to not be not to just know we are going into this room and no matter what we see. If it's human or if, if it could be living, we're taking it out. Right. Right. Whether whether it's limp, whether it's burned, whether it's broken, does not matter. It's coming out. And being part of that just it really built in all three of my my two brothers and I this sense of just task task oriented drive in certain situations. Like I I like fuck up all the time but like when it's when it's when when shit's on the line yeah right like Mm -hmm. all three of us are a hundred percent capable of just being like this has to happen we're doing it now right i think uh i love what you're talking about because this has actually been coming up in my life a couple times now where i've talked about it which is crisis management Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in a very uh literature way of saying it crisis management is exactly what you're talking about and learning that as a young adult or a young you know a teenager i think uh has i mean you can't even put a value on it because what you're saying is it taught you to when shit hits the fan you know you get real you get shit done and there's no there's no hesitation there's no um need to like question your uh anything you're just bam 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 getting this done and going and um, I've noticed one thing in, in my career is that like, you know, and this happened big time when like COVID hit and, you know, people were just dropping off left and right, not dying, but like, you know, vendors were dropping off left and right. Yeah. And I had to figure out like, okay, well, where the hell are we going to get our, you know, our laundry from? Because this service just called me and said, we're done closing our doors. Oh man. I found, I found that like, I thrived. I was happy. I was concise. I was making decisions, not asking twice, just bam, 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 getting done with my day. And I'm like, that was freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, 
the things that the things that I accomplished in that moment. And I think, and this is kind of leading to a point that sports did that for me. Like football did that for me because, yeah. you know, you get that ball in your hands, <laughs> you better run and you better make decisions that are uh, going to get you out of the line of fire for the most, yeah. most part. Split and seconds. I think, yeah. I think that's very translatable to mm-hmm. being on the platform. When you're walking up to that bar, you don't have a moment to doubt yourself. Yeah. You don't, that crisis management should kick in right there and be like, all right, let's do this. And I think I know when I'm not going to make a lift. You know why? Cause I walk mm-hmm. up and I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to make this, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's interesting, but yeah. what you're talking about is, is just this ability, this, that, that was taught to you as a young age at a young age. And just like, I think that that needs to be done more often because there's a reason why you're successful in the way you are now. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause when yeah. shit came real, you got, you got shit done. Yeah. It's cool. No, it, it's, uh, it's certainly been, I mean, you can see it in, in, in all of us, my, my, both my cousins, um, are like, are like that too. And, yeah. um, I should say both my cousins, both, both my, both my male cousins, uh, my cousin Ryan and my cousin Brandon, um, yeah. they are incredible men. Um, and the way that they've been able to deal with situations, I mean, my, my cousin Brandon, he went down, he got called out to go down to Katrina right. because he, he was working for waste management in Alaska and they're like, Hey, we need, we're like, we, we need you. Like we have cleanup. It has to get done. And right. he was like, okay. And went down there and ended up with a job offer because of how he was able to just fucking focus and get the task done. Yeah. And then they yeah. end up, they paid for him to him and his family to move from Alaska to freaking Florida. <laughs> wow yeah you want to talk about yeah he went from soldatna oh i know soldatna freaking, that's where my mom lives freaking freaking florida and lived there for three years three or four years wow. something like that but um and my cousin ryan he's a he's been in uh dnr firefighter ever basically since high school and um his dad is my uncle Rob, who who was the firefighter that put us through all that shit. Yeah. Um, but now he's now he's a. I think he's on the hotshot crew, if I remember right. Damn, he's not he's not a smoke jumper, but he's yeah. on the hotshot crew, awesome. and based out of Utah, just south of, uh, just south of Salt Lake City, yeah. and yeah, he's been trying to find trying to get a professional job somewhere, and <laughs> it just. Finally got the right job offer and went there, met all the guys on the crew and freaking locked in. And now, I mean, he's moved over there and he's not going to move back. That's awesome. <laughs> like that's his, yeah. Per- yeah, it's a permanent position. Like to find, to find a spot as a wildland firefighter that gets, that makes 60 to 70,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are making like 10 grand a year for just the volunteer yeah. DNR guys. Um, whether they travel locally or, 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 or like within the States, like, but he's a actual freaking hotshot and, and it's, I'm super, super proud of him for what he's done and what he's become. But he is one of those guys that just same thing, just 
task oriented. Okay. I don't care if there's fire on both sides of me and in front of me, I gotta, I gotta break this line and cut, right. the, cut this fire line in or else right. there's, you know, a hundred to a hundred thousand people that are going to be in danger. If yeah. me and my crew don't do what we have to do right now. Yeah, and exactly. It's, it's insane. Like anything that I do is not even comparable to the freaking cojones that, that, <laughs> that man, this and is true. His, just those, those, those individuals, you know, the men and women of, of wildland firefighting are just, just another breed, man. They really are. Yeah, they really are. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I've met some in passing. I don't think I know anybody personally that's done it, but um, I've seen what they do and it's, I mean, yeah, to put yourself in that, in that position and be as successful as they are, like that's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. So with that, I want to, I really want to talk about kind of the flip side of that, that whole thing of being able to just shut everything off and, and execute. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, in construction, we call it a postmortem, right? Okay. It sounds really terrible because that (laughs) means after death. Right. Right. Um, so, but it's always at the end of a project or the end of a job, like the end of the job job when we're actually demobbing offsite and whatnot, we have a postmortem meeting and we talk about successes, failures, room to improve, um, you know, who did great, who, who sucked, who we're never going to hire again, all that kind of shit. Right. Right. Um, and dealing, we've talked at length about how we deal with our emotions after a competition, um, or after like, moving on after sport, like after, after high school or mm-hmm. after, you know, you, you go and play college football for four years or three years or whatever. And it's, it's all your life has been for the past six to eight to 10 years Yeah, is wrapped up around that one sport or two sports. And then you get your degree and you're done There's nothing, <laughs> unless you go into coaching, right? Like right. you're, you're done. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the process of dealing with that mentally and emotionally, um, I think it's relatable to how we as weightlifters and and as human beings, when we get done with that task, with that that executable moment, like there's a there's an endorphin dump that happens mm-hmm. and we have to deal with it. Um, what are your takes on that? And how do you deal with that personally? Because I know what I do and I try to do um in order to escape that that dump um like what what do you do just in life your day-to-day yeah leading up to those moments to try to either avoid those moments or have something better to look back on after something like that happens well um i'm gonna be pretty darn uh blunt with you and let you know that uh i i cry i let it out um, crying for me, it's not something I do a ton. Uh, but as I've gotten older, I've noticed that like, you know, crying is that dump that gets that emotion out mm-hmm. and it allows to the clouds to, to clear. And it's not like I'm like in my room sobbing, like, you know, tears or whatever, but you know, there's been times where I've, uh, you know, confided with my wife and then just kind of hugged her and cried on her shoulder and, or I've just been by myself and, you know, just admiring a nice, like nice night or nice evening and just let some let some tears shed but like mm-hmm. that for me is it like i said it clears the the clouds away and it allows yeah. me to reflect um on the positive of what just happened 
and not okay. look at it as like, oh, it's over. What am I going to do now? Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get back into this. But like being able to release emotion at that extreme level of crying, because I don't know about you, but like <laughs> I'm not I'm not a good crier. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't happen. Like yeah, no, when it no, happens, it's major, right? Yeah. And uh it releases a lot of uh it, it it on its own releases a lot of endorphins and motions and and chemicals in your body mm-hmm. that just allow things to clear and and, re- and reflect. And that's you know, I did that after Masters Nationals. I cried on the plane, you know, yeah. just what it was. Um and I've done that after successes and I've done it after failures, both. And I've noticed that I can have a clear head after I let that happen, after I let the emotion. And it's not always like, oh, I'm going to go home and cry and make myself do this so I can think better. It's like, I just don't stop it from happening. Okay. You know, and that's, that's, that for me is like one of my go-tos. Cause I, I, I try, man, I try to be in touch with my emotions probably more than, than I should. And probably to an annoyance to some people, but, mm-hmm. um, I really try to just be really open and, 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 uh, tell people how I feel. And and it's just like emotions to me are, are for some reason, my, my guidance in life. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, they, sh- they really should be. Um, yeah. I know for me, I've done, Probably in the last two years, I've done more crying than I I have in the last ten. Um, mm-hmm. It's it it definitely is it one it doesn't freaking happen often yeah. at all um, yeah. for me, especially like and it to to Sarah's annoyance because she's like, would you please show something? I'm like, trust me, I'm feeling it. It's just <laughs> I, I, I I don't know, um, but you know I I. Uh, And, um, when my son left for, for the army, that was a big one. And just, Mm -hmm. it it, just reflecting on that day, like, and that moment and how it affected me, how it affected the, how it affected Sarah, how it affected the girls, um, stuff like that. Like those, those moments are just, you know, that's, those are the moments where it's just like, okay, these are life, life changing events that you know nothing is going to be the same after this correct um that those are the ones that really do it for me um i think that i try to um keep a mental kind of notebook on on my day-to-day stuff and try to really have a decent memory yeah. Not necessarily on specifics, but on like just happenings. And it really helps me in the long run deal with those uh, adrenaline dumps and endorphin dumps because I can look, I have, I have a more level headed view. Right. Yeah. Instead of like being, being down here and then all of a sudden I'm up here. And then right. I'm back. I'm back lower yep. than I was. Right. Yep. Yep. I I kind of I can kind of float along, just kind of being aware of shit. And mm-hmm. then, like, if I have a spike, then I can before I crash, I can be like, okay, 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 okay. Now, I, but nothing's not that much shit has changed. Everything right. in life is still on this level here. 
I don't need to drop all the way down here and be in a funk or, you know, have to find myself again. Um, It's, uh, it, it, you know, in, in planning all this stuff with, um, for the podcast, yeah, have having the ups and downs of that. Like I've had to completely retrain how I deal with, with adrenaline and endorphins and emotions and, and, um, getting an interview and then not getting a response. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not for like actually doing the interview. Right. And then, yeah. and then sending out, you know, emails or messages, trying to just probes trying to get people to come on um and either getting a response and then getting ghosted Mm -hmm. you know especially if it's somebody big and you're like oh heck yeah yes 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 and then you're like "Uh, what where'd they go yeah yeah happens like you're it's like you're fishing and you lost your fish yeah (laughs) yeah totally and it was like it was one that was like gonna break your pole but your pole didn't didn't break they just and your your bait's still there Right. They just like spit it out. Like what, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Why? Why? You know, and like learning how to deal with that and, and carry on because I mean, for listeners that are listening right now, like if you, ha- if you're, if you've been around since the beginning, like my consistency on posting is there, there is none. Like right. I've tried really hard to get back, like get on a schedule of, okay, we're posting this day and this day every week, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's just usually nine times out of 10. The reason that it's not consistent is because something happened in scheduling or trying to like in a conversation with a guest that was going to come on and it just freaking flatlined and it sent me to, for a ringer. Like, I just don't, I'm still like still trying to figure it out. It sucks. You know, um, I just talked about this. I did a, a recap on Max Effort Kitchen for the last a year of of its existence and mm-hmm. there's um something that i have noticed and i don't know about you but i go back and i listened i listened to both our podcast and i listened to the one i do and, I, and it's mm-hmm. just mainly to critique myself and um to listen and get feedback there but the evolution of how much better the content has become the mm-hmm. evolution of how more uh, how like and for instance, in this this aspect, you and I have connected and our conversations are more fluid. Like, mm-hmm. So what I'm getting to is like there's an evolution of a way most things work and become successful. Um, and I think personally, um, you know, what this podcast is doing is what and what you're doing. Um, the inconsistency is just part of like the game and figuring it out. Right. Yeah. I don't think that it's. I'm I'm speaking from probably both sides of the uh, of the mic here where I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily because you know you're it's not like you're saying ah, I'm just not going to do it today done you know you're yeah. saying you're learning how to um you know process these things that are happening so like we were just saying uh, with the uh, the trauma that happened as, as 19 year olds think about 5 years down the road from here like you're going to look back and be like, I'm glad that happened because then I learned how to, I taught myself how to get past that stuff. Yeah. And for me, like, and I, I said this to uh, John last week, like the journey in the process is my favorite part. 
Yeah. It's the learning. It's the pitfalls. It's the, the, oh shit moments. It's yeah. the, I didn't post in like three weeks. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? And I've been there and I'm, I still look like, max effort kitchen. Isn't, isn't, I don't have a day that I post. I have a day that I want to record, but well, you know, you, and I, yeah, you never know. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, like we have families, we have kids, we have careers, we have weightlifting. And I think that over time and the evolution of who we are and as we mature, we will figure out how to evenly place that on, on our plate. Yeah. And then we'll be, you know, we'll be uh, faced with another challenge in life that we had to learn the evolution of, but it's all about yeah. that journey, right? No, I absolutely agree. Um, and like you said, it's, I mean, it, we talk about it all the time about the climb up. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, it's such a good it, it, I mean, it, it fits right into this. I mean, shit, our podcasts are, are respectively a year old. Yeah. And like, I, we've grown, like our process has grown. Our, the way we, our production has grown. Our, our post-production has grown. Um, you know, we've, we've gotten an awesome opportunity to be part of a podcast network. Yep. Um, shout out to grit, grit yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, like it, it's it's so cool to know that where we are today compared to where we were a year ago, and like you said, our conversations are just like bam, bam, bam. I it, all my friends that I talk to like recently that just start listening, mm-hmm. they're like, you guys are like, like totally in tune with each other. Yeah, but yeah. It's not that we're just a couple meatheads that like food <laughs> and lift right. weights. Like, I mean, really, like. Yeah, (laughs) that's really what it is. That's where it started. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and uh, it's 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 really cool that other people can see where we're at now, and then it's even cooler if they go back and they listen to some of the early podcasters. Like, hey, okay, well, (laughs) I'm glad you're doing better. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. No, you're you're absolutely right, and and it's all about that climb, man, and and that that is really where I have a good time, and. Mm -hmm. It in the moment it's hard to really reflect on that, right? You're like yeah. constantly beating yourself up. I do it all the time to myself, and yeah, um, but it's okay. I, I, it's just yeah. okay. It absolutely is. Yeah, we have a, a, a before we skip this talk. We have a um, a saying in the restaurant, and uh, you know you get you get all loaded up and and charged because of like complaints or whatever. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's just fucking pizza. It's just pizza. And if you keep on telling yourself that, like you'll get a better perspective, but we can move on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, it's, that's actually even better because you work at, you know, a higher end pizza joint. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And to just be like, I, I totally understand your guys' pizzas are freaking gourmet shit. And like, yeah. I could understand how you could get, you know, for lack of a better term, butt hurt. Yeah. About a customer's response to something that you created, you know, but (laughs) one, fuck them. Right. Two, (laughs) it's just pizza. Just pizza. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, like that customer that's pissed off that they had to wait an extra 15 minutes. Like it's just pizza. You You know what? They're still going to eat it. Yes, they are. They're still (laughs) probably going to enjoy it. Right, right. You know? Yeah, that's funny. Pizza pizza tastes even a little bit better with the salt of tears. Oh, Uh, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, 
we got to get going. Yeah. Uh, what do you got coming up on, on Max Effort Kitchen? Max Effort Kitchen, we're coming into season two. Uh, I'm just finalizing some of the black box stuff that you and I are doing. Okay. Um, I'm revitalizing some of the, uh, the segments, the food for thought, the relationship with food. Uh, working on a couple interviews right now that uh, um, aren't moving towards the direction I want, but that's okay. And um, just weekly recording. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So we got tomorrow I'm sitting down, hopefully tomorrow, Yeah. depending on traffic. Uh, tomorrow I'm sitting down with a good friend of mine, Kevin Hawk, and he is a recovering addict, um, pipe fitter, yeah. guy – absolutely 100% should be a fucking comedian. Like <laughs> it, it's going to be a fun conversation. Awesome. Um, he's a, he's a under par golfer, like okay. subpar in meaning he's really freaking good. Um, <laughs> That's great. That's uh, great. Yeah. Just a hell of a guy. Amazing, amazing husband, amazing, amazing friend. Um, so I'm sitting down with him. I've been trying to get with, uh, an old friend, Corey Ford. He's a uh, adventurist, I guess. Okay. He's a hunter, backpacker, oh. fisher. The guy just, he's awesome. all over the place trying to lock a person down like that. Yeah. It's tough. been for like 45 minutes. It's freaking tough. Right now he's yeah. in Bend and he's like, a, he's an optometrist or something. And okay. so he's going to conferences and then he's fishing or he's climbing. <laughs> and like try to lock that down and then like as soon as he's done there he's going to alaska for a week or two to go fishing i'm like of course and then after that he's gonna start scouting for hunting it's like dude just lock you down <laughs> yeah no kidding uh, give me an hour else? of your time next week uh spooky cern's gonna come on oh nice so we're gonna have Not... zach on we're gonna awesome. talk about music weightlifting how he got to be a dj and where he's living what he's doing now yeah. um if you guys haven't heard it's been we've been talked about it enough a little bit hinting here and there but mm -hmm. the kilo chasers summer camp is happening yeah baby 11th through the 14th it is 200 dollars for three nights at my cabin on lake mayfield it is on the lake we are starting an Instagram page. It'll drop on Monday, and I'm doing a walkthrough of the property this weekend, so you guys will see exactly what we're talking about, where it's at, what's available. We're going to have eight platforms fully set up, bars, plates, everything, some squat racks, two training days a day, two training sessions a day, food. We're going to eat like freaking weightlifters, like yeah. Donnie Shankle, like yeah. all the stories that you hear. There's going to be more than enough food. Uh, music's going to be on point. It's just going to be a fun time. And for those of you that are competing in the WSO championship, it's like two or three weeks before that. So it's a perfect time to hit some maxes yes. and, and get ready for your taper. Um, Cornell George is already paid. He is going to be there. Um, John North is possibly going to be there he's Ooh. he told me today he's sitting down with jess and trying to figure it out so he's going to try to make it um yeah that's awesome yumi and damon are going to be there yep uh jake reitz is talking about it. he's trying to figure it out he's doing whatever he can um he's another big lifter uh who else um uh, oh owen um 
the guy from uh, from Her- Heroic Barbell. Um, oh, uh, mustache. Yeah, really? he's gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he's trying. He's like ninety five percent. But I'm like, dude, it's two hundred bucks. Come on, it's it's let's go. It's funny. So anyway, guys, by his mustache. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, comment, yes. take yes. a screenshot, show it to a friend, send it to your friends. Let's get our numbers up, guys. Thank you for listening, Matt. It's a pleasure every time, all the time. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Every Thanks. day, all day. All right. Later. Bye.